All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. You're tuned in to Oilers Nation every day with Tyler Uramchuk, live every weekday on the Nation Network YouTube. This is pretty cool. Welcome into the first ever episode of Oilers Nation every day with me, Tyler Uremchuk. I know uh, there was a lot of drama, a lot of intrigue around who would be the host of Oilers You're Nation every day Oilers with Tyler Uremchuk. Every day but, uh, with Tyler we are back. We are ready to go, and I'm excited to get this rolling. Uh, if you're just tuning in and you're kind of wondering what's the deal with the show and all of that kind of stuff, it's super it's simple. Pretty cool. Well, 30 minutes every single day of Oilers Nation. It's going to be a lot of fun with me, Tyler Uremchuk. Have a good time. Liam is going to be with me as well. It's 30 minutes every day, noon mountain time. We're streaming on our Twitter, our Facebook, and our YouTube. There's Liam. He's going to be the one keeping track of the comments as well. So if you uh, want to get in on the action, the YouTube is going to be the best way to do it. But Liam's moderating the comments. So drop a banana emoji if you really want Liam to read what you're saying. He's also going to be our betting expert. But Liam, this looks pretty crisp. I'm pretty fired up. Yeah, we've we've been building this up for a while, and we're finally here. The chat's already going, of course. Electronic Jordan's here. It wouldn't be a show without Electronic Jordan in the chat. So great to have him. And if if you're around watching the videos, just just log in and let's let's talk about the Oilers. And things are getting going pretty quick here. There is a lot to get to in the first little bit of the show. Mike McKenna, our goaltending guru from Daily Faceoff, he's going to be stopping by in a little bit as well. Uh, we're going to chat about Pacific Division goaltending and get his unbiased take on just how good Jack Campbell and Stuart Skinner can be. We got some news on the lineup for tonight as well that we're going to dig into. Uh, but first, I want to go off on a little bit of the rant. So let's get into that with the lead.
I think we've all established at this point that eight preseason games is absolutely insane for the Edmonton Oilers. It really makes close to no sense. And on Saturday, it kind of reached a new level. Oilers, Flames, Battle of Alberta, Rogers plays. Yes, good crowd, all that stuff. That's fine. Why Darnell Nurse is fighting not once, but twice in the same preseason game is absolutely beyond me. Never mind fighting, but the fact he's going up against, I got to look at the guy's name because I forget it, Mitch McLean. Why Darnell Nurse feels the need to fight two the the same AHL player twice. This guy has been playing in the AHL or the ECHL since 2017, has never played a regular season NHL game. Darnell Nurse is heading into a year where he's going to be making $9.25 million. That's a lot of money. The Oilers need him on the ice for 82 games. They need him handling top pairing minutes for 82 games. And you might sit there and go, what? It's a fight. He was standing up for a teammate. McLean was going at Evander Kane, blah, 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 blah. I honestly really don't care. I would only have these guys, Nurse, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Hyman, Kane, basically any impact player who has a roster spot locked up. I wouldn't be letting them play more than two preseason games. The fact the Oilers have eight is absurd, and it's the reason why I think you saw someone like Demers, even for 10 and to an extent brought in on a PTO because of the dumb, you need eight veterans in a preseason game kind of rule. But I would also have a strict message to my veterans don't fight anyone, especially not an AHLer. Like it was just, I don't know. I get it. You're you're in the heat of the moment. It's still a hockey game. The preseason game against Calgary had like a decent pace to it. But what happens if Darnell Nurse breaks his hand and is out for four to six weeks? What happens if Mitch McLean gets the better of Darnell Nurse? He's an American Hockey League guy. I don't think Darnell Nurse knows the fighting style of this random dude wearing 75 in a Flames jersey. It could have been bad. It could have really hurt the left side of their defense because that's an area that's especially thin to begin with already. Um, I don't know. Let me know in the comments if I'm making too much of all of this. I just really didn't understand the need for Darnell Nurse to be going out and doing this, not never mind once, but twice in the same preseason game. Um, it overshadowed, at least to me, a pretty solid night for a few Oilers, and we'll dig into a few. Uh, but Liam, I want to get your take on this before we before we look into the chat or anything like that. Um, am I making too big of a deal about this, or is this a situation where Darnell Nurse just shouldn't be fighting at all? I don't think it's really necessary for someone like Darnell Nurse to be fighting in a preseason game. At the end of the day, it's not like he's fighting for a job on this team or anything. And you're almost helping the other guy in a sense more than you're helping yourself. And what if you break your hand? What if you've fallen and hit your head on the ice? Like you're just kind of running right. a risk that isn't necessary for the Oilers to, to take at this point. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Um Jilly G says, do you think the guy said something not okay? Like nurse didn't fight at all. And then goes at it twice with the same guy. Confusing. It was super confusing. I, uh, yeah, like I said, it didn't make a ton of sense for me, but it overshadowed some really good points from that game. Um, Dylan Holloway is really looking like an NHL player. Like Dylan Holloway should make this team on merit, whether he does or doesn't might be a matter of cap gymnastics. Although I think it does make more sense for him to be on the opening day roster because of the way bonuses and things work like that. Um, but I I don't see a reason why he shouldn't be a top nine winger. His numbers in the American last league were solid, good enough. Uh, first round pick. 
I think you can have him playing on a skill line, and that's actually exactly what we're going to get tonight. Uh, we can pull up the lines from Daily Faceoff, the way they're thrown up on there. Like, this was kind of more what we thought things would look like before the preseason a little bit, and now I think Holloway is really starting to change some plans here. Tonight, he's going to get a chance on that second line with Leon Dreisaitl and Zach Hyman. Kane McDavid Yamamoto is staying as the top line. Nuge McLeod Fogel's the third line. Shore Benson Vertanen is your fourth line. Probably the last game for Jake Vertanen. We'll get into that in just a second as well. But again, on merit, I don't. Dylan Holloway's made this team. His numbers so far in the preseason have been good. His possession metrics are solid. He's moving really well. And I should add, his possession metrics are solid even though he's playing with generally poor teammates as well. Like, this guy hasn't had a ton of time with um, with NHL-caliber teammates. He's going to get that tonight with Leon Dreisaitl. So, again, the preseason's dumb. I hate it. The first four games have been largely pointless. Um, but now that we're getting into the thick of it with some actual pretty big roster decisions to make, it's going to be pretty interesting. And the Holloway one is the big one to watch tonight. Um, so I, uh, if he clicks with Leon Dreisaitl, then they're going to have some interesting decisions to make because do you want Warren Fogle making potentially two point whatever million on your fourth line? Probably not. Tyler Benson's making an interesting case as well. Um, but the piece who's not playing tonight is Yessa Pugliarvi. You can probably slot him in to that third line right wing spot at this point if Yamamoto and Hyman are going to make up the top six, which means you're moving Fogle down the lineup if you run... Maybe it will be Benson Shore Fogel as the fourth line, but the point is that uh, it, it's getting a little bit cramped in this forward group, the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, let me know. Oilers Canucks tonight. It's a big game. Uh, what are you watching for? Left side of the defense, I still think, is really, really interesting. And maybe one thing I glossed over here, Dmitry Samurikov getting that spot with Tyson Berry on the third pairing actually could be a fairly telling sign for things. Uh, Philip Broberg hasn't been great. I know some people on Twitter were pointing out that Bob Stoffer made a few comments about his foot speed and things like that. Broberg's numbers so far in the preseason have been fine, but again, it, it's not the smartest thing in the world to do to read into advanced metrics in a preseason game because quality of teammates, quality of competition just really isn't there. But it feels like to an extent, the Oilers are rolling out what they think might be their opening night blue line here. Dmitry Samurikov, from all the reports you heard in Bakersfield and overseas, looks like a guy who might be ready to step into an NHL roster, which is weird because the only time we ever saw him on the Oilers was against the Blues last year when he got turnstiled twice in 25 seconds or something like that, was dashed to, sat on the bench, hasn't played a shift in the NHL since giving up those two goals or being on the ice for those two goals. But Broberg was stapled to Barry at the early parts of training camp, and now you're seeing Samurikov get a shift there. So I wonder if... Uh, I wonder if maybe that's a sign that Jay Woodcroft is testing something out or likes what he sees from Dmitry Samurikov here. Uh, digging into the chat here. Oh, Danger Swades in here. Electronic Jordan is upset that the Twitch chat is offline or the Twitch channel is offline. Yeah, that's, that's bad news. If you watch uh, the pregame show last year with myself and Caroline, you know I hated Twitch with a passion. I hated everyone who watched our show on Twitch personally. Um, we're not going on Twitch. It's going to be YouTube, Twitter as well, and Facebook. But what we're going to be paying the most attention to is uh, definitely going to be the YouTube chat. That's what we're going to be dialed into for the majority of the show. Um, so yeah, if you have a take or anything like that, Drop something in the YouTube chat, and we'll get into it here. John says he loves the look of Holloway on the second line. I agree. I think like his speed 
next to Leon Dreisaitl could be like uh, chef's kiss. That could be a perfect, perfect match for the Oilers. Um, and then what it does with the rest of the lineup will be fascinating as well. Like the idea of RNH being a third line center for this team. Him, McLeod, Fogel, I don't think you're getting a ton of offense out of that. Nuge, McLeod, Pugliarvi. I think you're starting to get a little bit... Uh, there, there might be a little bit of action there. That might be a third line that can actually start to score from you. And if you're spreading things out nicely in the top six because Holiday, Holloway has forced your hand a little bit, I think that's a really interesting look as well. Um, so tonight's preseason game will honestly be the first one that I'm really paying much attention to. I think the other side for Vancouver is going to be pretty close to an NHL roster or at least feature some good NHL talent. So it'll be a good test for this group. That's a nice spot to transition on, though. Uh, we're going to be joined by Mike McKenna in just a second here to talk a little goaltending. But the interesting thing, Jack Campbell getting the start tonight for the Oilers, and he's going to play all 60 minutes of this hockey game. So the Oilers really giving Campbell his first opportunity to uh, test out the lungs a little bit with a full start. With that being said, let's get to our first guest segment on Oilers Nation Every Day and bring in our good friend, Mike McKenna, live from St. Louis. Mr. McKenna, you are the first guest on Oilers Nation Every Day. I know you will wear that like a badge of honor. Oh, yeah. I think I need a special lapel pin for it, potentially. If you guys can come up with a nice logo and send me that, I'll make sure that I put it on for every time that I join you guys. So cool to be on, man. And it feels like apropos, I'm, I'm listening to you go through everything about the Oilers, and I'm just flipping back to the game I worked uh, for TNT in the postseason last yeah. year in playoffs, thinking about everybody, Dylan Holloway making his debut, you know, and it's exciting in Edmonton right now. I think the team could be really good this year. And I think a big reason why people, or there is a lot of optimism around this Oilers team is between the pipes. Ever since Ken Holland took over, it felt like every offseason, it was like, okay, are they going to solve the goaltending situation? Are they going to solve the goaltending situation? And now he finally goes out and makes his first big investment in the position, going out and getting Jack Campbell. Stuart Skinner's locked in as the backup. So my first question to you is, how much of an upgrade is this for the Oilers, going from Smith Koskinen to Campbell Skinner? I do believe it's an upgrade. I don't think it's as drastic as we might all think, because I do tend to think that goaltending in general probably has less of an effect than we realize sometimes. I mean, even Miko Koskinen still won a lot of games last year for the Edmonton Oilers. But I think really when you look at this duo, what you're trying to find is a little bit of youth. Obviously, you don't have Mike Smith over 40 years of age. And I mean, the word you could use would be fragile in terms of his health. You know, he battled injuries the last couple of years. So, you know, Campbell's had a little bit of that as well. But you've got two young goalies who, for the most part, should be healthy. Campbell, to me, is just a really interesting case, Tyler, because I think he was so good for the first half of last season with Toronto. Faced some injuries, lost his way a bit, played pretty well down the stretch. It's just consistency with him. If he can find a nice level pace, Jack Campbell has been a very good goaltender at the NHL. It's the consistency factor. But what's kind of the wild card for me is Stuart Skinner. There were times last year where I believe Skinner was probably the answer for the Oilers, and he never really got a chance to run with the ball. He's put his time in in the American League. My friends that have played with him down there all say he's got a great attitude. He works hard. He's diligent about his game. His mustache is phenomenal. All the things you need to be successful. And he's a hometown guy. So I do think it's an upgrade. I think the consistency is really going to be what there is to watch. Because, again, you've got Skinner, who's pretty much new to the league. And you've got Campbell, who has had consistency issues before. But, boy, his top end is so high. When Campbell's on his game, he can be one of the best goalies in the NHL. 
you mentioned, you know, there might the consistency thing, and that could lead. And I've warned Oilers fans about this. I said, listen, Jack Campbell could have a very good season, but there will probably be like a four to ten game span at some point where he really struggles, and Stuart Skinner's going to have to come in and sort of take over the workload. We also saw last year in the playoffs with a team like Calgary. If you overwork your starter in the regular season, then the, the wheels might come off at some point. Eventually, you know, everyone's body starts to fatigue a little bit. So with Campbell and Skinner, what would be the sweet spot for you in terms of games played for each of them? Like, I, no one's thinking Jack Campbell's going to start 60 games, but what's the magic number in your opinion? I actually think this is a really nice mix as a tandem because – Ideally, I think I'd like to play Jack Campbell 55, 57 games, Stuart Skinner probably 25 games or so, give or take. Obviously, injuries are always something that can affect that total. But if you're bringing in Stuart Skinner for effectively for his rookie season, like you need him to play. You need him to continue his development. And then you've got a goalie in Campbell who's supposed to be your number one, who's making the money to be that. He can still play those 50, 55 games and allow Skinner to play as well and be fresh for playoffs. So... I like this combination from that aspect. And I think with Campbell, if you don't have to trot him out every single night, it's going to be better for him. You know, in Toronto, he got that heaped on him. You know, Peter Mrazek was hurt a lot of last season, so Campbell had to play. Well, hopefully this year, if Stewart's healthy behind him, you got a good group that can work off one, off one another. Back-to-backs, you know you're going to each get a chance to play. Maybe you get that off night on a big travel day because out west, you know how that works. You go all the way to Dallas from Edmonton or you go all the way down to Arizona. Like Those aren't short flights. Those are times where you can get your number one guy some rest. And so I, I think that range where you're looking a little bit over two-thirds of the games for Campbell would really be the sweet spot given the travel and given the experience of both guys. The interesting part too like part of it with Campbell last year was mental as well like that's a guy who he seemed to really take the losses personally a bad goal against a soft goal or whatever would really seem to rattle him I wonder a big getting a big contract like this does that give him some sense of stability like okay if I have a bad game like I'm not getting I'm not getting a contract next year or something like that like there is that stability factor now that the Oilers have between the pipes with both Skinner who is young and should be here for a while and now giving Campbell you know, a pretty long-term deal as well. I wonder if that could maybe just calm him down a little bit. And maybe those low points we saw in Toronto maybe won't quite be as low. Uh, I want to wrap this up, Mike, with a little bit of talk about the Pacific Division. Um, this is a division that has some pretty solid goaltending in it, especially at the high end. At Daily Faceoff, though, you do your goaltending duo rankings. And I'm curious, when you look at the Pacific, how do you rank sort of the top three or four in this division? It's an interesting one because in the Pacific, you've got a couple of workhorses. And I've got the Calgary Flames at number one with Jacob Markstrom and Daniel Vladar. Uh, right behind them, I've got Thatcher Demko with, I think it's going to be Spencer Martin as his goalie partner, still to be determined there. But um, the reason being, especially with Calgary, is because for me, Markstrom's just rock solid technically. He has played very well in the system behind Daryl Sutter, which isn't a surprise, okay? Like, it's it's pretty easy to play good hockey behind Daryl Sutter's system, but you look at like the shutout factor and the Markstrom factor in big games, he wavered a bit in playoffs, but that's really the only blip last season for him. So I still think that Markstrom's leading the pack in the Pacific. Um, it's not just because of numbers, it's eye test as well. I think he's one of the better technical goaltenders in terms of what he can do uh, in that aspect, but also just 
making saves, man. He's still an athlete. Demko fits that same mold. Um, and then I've got Campbell and Skinner right there at number three behind them. So you look at the Pacific, though, and it's interesting because look at Vegas. They've got Logan Thompson and Aiden Hill, it looks like. And Hill's got 70-something games. Thompson has about 20. There's just not a lot of experience. So you can't handicap that team. I think Thompson might be pretty good this year. Um, hard to gauge on them. San Jose, Kakunin, who knows what's going to happen. Reimer, you know what you're getting. And you can kind of go down the list. Even L.A., I think Jonathan Quick's been on the back end of his career and hasn't made any technical updates. And Peterson had a disappointing season. So um, I've got Calgary one, Vancouver two, and then I've got Edmonton slotted third behind those two clubs. Any team that you think should be really concerned about their goaltending? You touched on the Kings, and that's the one for me because in the back half of last season, Quick's numbers took a nosedive. Like he was 923 heading into January. And I think from January on, it was sub 900. Um, and for the Sharks as well, you mentioned James Reimer. The most intriguing part of his game might be where he's playing at the trade deadline because I doubt he spends the whole season with the Sharks. But is there a team who you look at and go, they should be really concerned heading into this season? You know, I, I could almost look at Anaheim because I think Gibson's in the same boat as Quick and uh, that he hasn't updated his game much, but I actually really like Anthony Stolarz. He was undercover really good for Anaheim last season, and I think he may play more often this year. Um, but I think really LA is the one that I worry about. You know, I, I look at that club and I just think that Quick hasn't made updates. Peterson struggled. like, And both of their games can be picked apart by video. You look at what they don't do well. They don't rotate. They don't get to their posts, things like that. Those are tactical changes that teams can make that can expose it. And I think that's what happened over the last half of last season. Fair enough, Mike. This was uh, some fantastic insight, as always, from you. Uh, we also had the Daily Face Off or Daily Face Off Live earlier today with uh, the two of us on that. So we did a little Central Division preview and uh, did an icebreakers with Frank Saravalli. So check that out when you're done watching Oilers Nation every day. And are you back on the on Daily Face Off Live tomorrow, Mike? Well, I think I might be. I got to check the schedule here, but it's nice that we've had a daily dose, isn't it? Like, I don't think people yeah. get enough of Tyler and Mike, so we should just keep running this. But uh, yeah, tomorrow I am not on. I will be on again on Thursday the 6th on Daily Faceoff Live. And Tyler, I know I'll be seeing you there as well. All right, Mike. Sounds good. I'll chat with you then. Have a good one. See ya. Thanks for having me today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. 
That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. There you go. Nice to chat with Mike McKenna. Get into some goaltending talk a little bit there. Uh, let's crack open the YouTube chat and see what people have going on there. Uh, I love, first off, I do love seeing most of the people from the Twitch chat last year. Uh, Genesis, Electronic, Jordan. I think I saw our guy Scott Aroni in there. Dangerous Wade. Everyone's in. It's nice to know you all figured out how to move things over from Twitch to YouTube and still get up to your usual shenanigans. Uh, but Genesis, thoughts on Samo? Is he going to be put through waivers? And that's actually... Probably the biggest or one of the biggest things working for Dmitry Samurikov is he needs waivers if he's going to go down. Philip Broberg can just be sent down, even if it's a paper transaction where Broberg's on the opening night roster for cap reasons and you just keep Samurikov there. Maybe you keep a bunch of defensemen on there for that first little bit of like paper transactions for the Edmonton Oilers. Um, but I, he, Samurikov would probably make it through waivers. I just there's so much talent that goes through the waiver wire. Like remember at the beginning of last year, Oliver Shillington cleared waivers for the Calgary Flames, and now he's got an extension. He had a great year, looked like a legit top four defenseman at points. So Samurakov would probably squeak through. But if the Oilers are sitting there and going, "Okay, what's the choice?" Samurakov and Broberg have been close in the preseason. What do we do between these two? Um, maybe that little element of like, "Hey, Broberg can go down. He's the younger of the two. He can just play 20 to 25 minutes a night in Bakersfield and you can have Samurakov on the team and not run any sort of a risk of putting him through waivers." I I think that would be a pretty interesting option for the Oilers. Uh, I know I know Liam's kicking around. So Liam, I'll get your take as I read through a few more YouTube comments, but what do you think? Samurakov is there a legit chance they keep him up with the big club? I think with the fact he has to go down through waivers helps his chances, yeah. like you said. But I could see him sending Broberg down to start the season just to maybe get his feet moving a little bit more at that level and then just keeping Nimaline and, and Samarukov around. It feels like there's a few guys, and I think Tyler Benson is one of these guys too, who are just yeah. going to gonna be on a plane a lot this season, coming back and forth from Bakersfield. And it's good that the Oilers finally have this depth to be able to to do this because we've seen it in the past where we're getting guys like Josh Curry, for example, who have to come up and play. Now we have NHL players who can come up and play in this team. Yeah, and and the concern would obviously be, again, losing a guy on waivers. Like Benson, I think, has made the Oilers kind of rethink their plans in the bottom six as well. Like they're probably going to have to put one of Yan, or they are definitely going to have to put one of Yanmark or Shore on, or Yanmark or Derek Ryan on waivers just for the cap reasons, right? Both those guys are making over 1.2 million. You'd free up a couple hundred thousand dollars if one of them goes down, even if they get claimed. You're probably not that upset about it. But Tyler Benson, I think, is not just pushing for maybe a spot as like the extra forward here. I think Tyler Benson might legitimately have a shot at going on one of those, playing on the fourth line every day. What I love about Benson is drafted in the second round, you know that there was all the talk about what a skilled player he was. Everyone in Edmonton, I think this was even one of those situations where him being like a local guy almost hurt him a little bit because a lot of hockey fans in Edmonton know him as the guy who set those bantam scoring records. And oh, is he going to be like the first one out of Edmonton with exceptional status? And he's really reworked his game since then. He isn't afraid to mix it up after the whistles. So we've seen that in almost every preseason game he's been in. He isn't afraid to penalty kill now. He can definitely do that, and that's something I know he's been working on away from the rink. And then he walks in, and he has that snipe like he did the other night where he just totally picks the corner against Winnipeg. So, I don't know. I, I think Benson, Liam, he, he's made the Oilers have to rethink what they're doing in that bottom six. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think the fact he's he's gone out and basically reinvented his game, like you said, kind of brings him more into the conversation as well. Because maybe if someone does go down during the game, like Benson can pop up the lineup a little bit more because you know he can put the puck in the net. And the Oilers yeah. obviously like to play 11-7. and seven, So if you have Benson on the wing and then McDavid coming rotating through that fourth line with the, whoever the other winger is, like it gives you... It gives you more offensive options, and we all know this team is known for scoring a lot of goals, and I think Tyler Benson is going to do that more than someone like Devin Shaw is going to do that, right? Yeah, 100%. Uh, Scott Aroni says, Vertanen's not going to add any value to this team, and I think uh, I don't think you'd find anyone who's going to disagree with that at some point. People were mad that Luke Esposito was getting released from his PTO, and Jake Vertanen was still hanging around in camp, and I think that's Honestly, a pretty correct take based on merit. Um, Esposito's going down to Bakersfield, though, so I fully expect him to be a factor down there again. But I wonder if for Tannen again, like he's going to play tonight. And I know Jay Woodcroft came out and was like, oh, he's had a good preseason. But like he hasn't. Jay Woodcroft's just not in the business of going and like slagging a guy in public to the media and having that make headlines. But they have one more road game on their exhibition schedule. And again, you need to have eight veterans in every preseason game. I wonder if after playing tonight, the Oilers don't just, again, send a bit of like a skeleton crew out to that preseason game against the Canucks, which is actually being played in Abbotsford on Wednesday. I wonder if they're just keeping Vertanen around for the sake of like, hey, he's going to be an extra veteran for us if we need him for that game against Vancouver. And we don't need to worry about sending Hyman or Kane or someone like that out on a plane to play a random preseason game in uh, in Abbotsford. Like Vertanen might literally just be here to be a warm body because I don't think anyone should be expecting an NHL deal to come Jake Furtanen's way, not just from the Oilers, but probably from any team around the league. It just, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It's not like he's played his way into the lineup, but the only logical explanation is that veterans rule where he, where he has to play. And like you said, like there's no point in the Oilers maybe sending somebody to play in these games that doesn't need to prove a point. Like Vertanen, like you said, probably just a warm body at this point. And the way with the way Benson's playing, like, you've got to imagine he's pushing his way out of the lineup too. You Eventually, you've got to get to a point where you are playing your players more often than not. And like you said, Vitanen hasn't exactly pushed anybody out of the lineup besides probably himself. And and my big take on it, like especially in those first couple of preseason games where he really didn't look that motivated at all, is if you can't, if your NHL career is on the line, you're in camp on a PTO fighting for a bottom six role where you need to be like a supplier of energy for this team on a nightly basis. If in those first few preseason games, you can't show any sort of a jump or any willingness to go in there and scrap a little bit and prove that you're hungry, then what are you going to bring the Oilers in game 41? What are you going to bring the Oilers in game 55? Like, I just don't see any way that Vertanen will be a consistent energy source in the bottom six. And at least with Benson, he's showing a willingness to mix it up a little bit. And I also think that through his few preseason games, he's shown more skill. He's shown better penalty killing, like all of that. Like Benson just looks like a way better fit. And he's a homegrown piece who isn't going to come with the baggage of Jake Vertanen. If you sign Jake Vertanen, you need to answer to all the questions. You need to disappoint and alienate a portion of your fan base. Like, it's just such a no-brainer to keep Benson on the team over Jake Vertanen. And I just really, really hope 
Uh, the Oilers recognize that. Quickly before we get to Liam's betting, because we are running out of time on the show, Caleb asks, what are the chances Nemo makes the team? I think it's probably slim at this point that we see Marcus Niemelainen on the team. Probably one of those guys that's one of the first call-ups. But again, Samurikov needs waivers. Brobrick has the higher draft pedigree. And there's veterans in Demers and Murray who can be your seventh or eighth defenseman if you need them. I love the physicality from Niemelainen. Outside of that, though, I, I just don't think there's a spot for him unless there's a big trade we see and, like, Barry gets moved out and there's an extra roster spot to play with or something like that, but that's even unlikely. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't think Nemo makes this team. I honestly think the group you're seeing tonight against Vancouver is, like, 90% of what the NHL club is going to look like. Uh, let's get into our daily betting segment brought to you by our new friends at Betway. We're kicking off a sponsor, a partnership with Betway for the upcoming NHL season. So if you want to lay a few shekels on Oilers action this year, Betway is the spot to do it. Liam, you're going to be handling these. You're going to be our betting guru. So uh, what do you got? What are you taking a look at here today? I... I think the Pacific Division is wide open this year, but I think the Oilers have a really good chance of getting in there. So we're going to look into them today. The Oilers are the second favorites to win the division at plus 250, with the Flames as a favorite at plus 240. Vegas plus 300, Kings plus 375. You can see them all there on your screen. But I think the yeah. thing with the Oilers is they had the best division record last season at 22-5-0. The next closest was Vegas at 16-7-3. So... Vegas didn't get any better this season, and Calgary, yes, they brought in Kadri and Vesti, uh, Mackenzie Wieger, sorry, and Jonathan Huberdeau, yeah. but at the end of the day, we know what this Oilers team is about. There isn't a lot of question marks about it. The core of the group is solidified. Yes, it's a new goaltending tandem, but they're both familiar with the league now, like Skinner's got his feet wet, where with Calgary, I think there's a bit too many question marks. Same with Vegas, the Kings too. Vancouver, I think, could be challenges, but I do like the Oilers coming in at plus 250 to win the Pacific Division. I think it's absolutely absurd that they aren't the clear-cut favorites for this division. Like you mentioned, Vegas, goaltending issues. L.A. had a great year last year, but, I mean, hey, the Oilers had a great year under Todd McClellan in 2017, fell flat the next year because their goaltending couldn't hold up, and I don't think L.A.'s goaltending holds up. Vancouver will be good. I have them as a playoff team personally. They're not going to win the division. Everyone else, the California teams in Seattle are largely junk. I almost threw my phone on the ground. That's how upset I am about this. Um, but Edmonton, to me, like they finished how many points back of Calgary last year? Seven. Edmonton's goaltending's better. Full season of Jay Woodcroft, and their goaltending is going to be better, in my opinion. So all of that there, that's and Calgary's worse. So seven point gap i think the oilers can bridge that relatively easily edmonton plus 250 to win the division this is an oilers show so it's not surprising but i like that spot um so liam thank you very much let's wrap this thing up uh just taking a look at the chat again uh genesis vertanen needs to be gone guys a dud at least he was free but then another good point here from joe they brought him in with the baggage he comes with for the preseason i don't know this team has some head scratchers yeah if you needed extra bodies for the preseason you could have found someone who doesn't have the baggage and history of jake vertanen it, it was a head scratcher for sure but i fully expect the oilers to not right that wrong because I mean you still they should still be condemned for doing it in the first place but I don't expect him to be around at all uh we have ran late already holy smokes it's already 12 32 so that's going to be a wrap uh before we go need to give some love to our friends at the sports closet the sponsor of the sports closet studio which is where I'm coming from they hooked me up with these beautiful new Adi Zero jerseys the nice royal blues 
The Oilers are back in Royal Blues, and that feels right. Uh, if you head to their website right now, sportscloset.ca, a Leon Dreisaitl authentic Addy Zero blue jersey, only $249.99. It looks just like this, but it's got $29 on the back. Uh, the blank jerseys, I think, as well, are going for $199. So good pricing compared to, uh, I think, compared to what the Oilers had down at the Authentic store. Not that I need to be showing any shade. Uh, Sherwood Park, Kingsway Mall, and St. Albert Center are the three locations for the Sports Closet. So uh, go check them out, sponsors of the Sports Closet Studio. And I think that's going to be a wrap on today's show. A big shout-out to Liam. A big shout-out to our technical producer, Alex Allard, who had all the transitions humming along today. He's going to be with us all year. And a big shout-out to our girl, Kennedy, who made this show look... Chef's kiss. Absolutely beautiful. Kennedy killed it. And a big shout-out to everyone who was involved today in the YouTube chat. There are a lot of comments, and I did not expect that many comments... So tomorrow's show, I promise you, we will dedicate more time to you on the YouTube chat. Thanks to everyone who tuned in on Facebook and Twitter as well. That's going to be a wrap on Oilers Nation every day. We'll chat again tomorrow. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.